1: Last class we did the mezuzah we did the the soul food the kosher food we did endlessly bless um, I think that was our um, what was endlessly blessed Um, a Jewish mantra oh was blessings right and then we did a slice of life which was challah pray it forward was prayer um, the kinds of kindness being a better person and then now we're doing to live indeed get it this is perfect yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, about to write the campaign book for Federation for twenty twenty three, and I think the line we're going to go with is "Together for good."
1: Oh, so, together for good. So we're aha.
2: All right, but well, we do not just right, right. They Can say we... that all good things have to come to an end. All oh, good things. The because... class. Yeah.
1: What What did I hear? Um, something once. Don't Don't be sad. It's over. Be happy. It happened. Or. Um, Donna, oh, what are yes. you saying? Something is wrong with my audio. I cannot hear anything. That's on your end. Okay. <laughs> Everyone else can hear me. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes, we can. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna start. Um, <clears throat> I want to play. I feel I kind of think I once played this, but it's a good way. It's you know while we're waiting for more people to come in. We will, um, I'm going to play this song. So just listen for the words. I, um, I don't have the, actually, maybe the words will show. Here, let's see. And okay, so here, do you hear it? Yes. Do you hear it? Okay. Yes.
2: together to a place down on the land. Come with me, little shovel. Don't shy away. Do as you're told. There's a little child waiting to be born today. You ought to be his spark, his is so. But dear Malachal, no, I don't want to go. There is so much pain and evil on the earth below. Let me stay here up in heaven, where it's safe mm. enough. me go away. Can't you see I'm so afraid. Come with me, little Nishamana. It's time you faced your destiny. And as we fly beneath the clouds now, I will show you. There is so much you can be. Yes, dear motherhood, I can see shell over there. Look, someone's learning There's another deep in prayer. I will stay here if you answer me. It's all I need to know. You must promise me, dear friend. That I too will be like them. Come with me, little shaman. Oh, it's a task that I must do. As I tap you on the lip, you will forget me. You're on your own. It's up to you. i sure I think so. I hope so. Of um, the something to fly away oh, you and you together Let's see, to a place above the land. Yeah, there. What do you want I don't want to go, I'm not ready to go with you. Where you take me, I don't know. Let me stay right. Way. I yeah. Come with me, don't I've only come to take you home, and there is no need to fear your destination. You've found a place right by the throne, a place. By the thrift.
1: Okay, so that was a song. I just want to make sure that this is not going to still be playing the YouTube. Okay. So as you all heard, that was a song about the soul. So at first, the soul doesn't want to come into this world. And then the soul, because it doesn't understand what it's, what's expected of it in this world. And then the soul doesn't want to leave. And then the soul gets comfortable in this world. And the angel says, come, come with me. Your, your time, come with me down to this world. We're going to put you in a soul. A baby's ready to be born. No, no, no. That, that's a scary world. That's, that's dangerous. I don't want to go there. It's confusing. I don't know what my purpose is. And then... Um, And then the soul comes down and it gets very busy with its purpose. And then when it's called up, it says, no, 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 I'm not finished. Give me more time, I need more time. So this is the totality of life. Um, There's a beginning and there's an end. And that is how, as as much as we don't like to acknowledge that, that's how life works. There's a beginning to life and an end to life. So I just wanna um, pose a question. And if anyone wants to share here or on Zoom, what do you view as your life's purpose? Um, what, what, what do you view as your life's purpose? Think about it, you know, one or two lines, if you wanna share it, if you wanna write it down, what do you think you're doing here? Stay, go ahead, Ray.
3: Um, well, my life's purpose, I believe was a teaching, which I've done for sixty some years, which I love, I love kids. And I've always taught Judaics,
0: usually key to Allah.
1: That's amazing. So teaching, that's beautiful. So making a difference for young children. Yes. Donna, we can hear you actually. So you can mute yourself while you're figuring this out. Okay. Um,
2: I'm having a problem now. I'm having a problem. Oh yeah, I can see it. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank you. I guess you could hear me. <laughs> okay. Anyone else want to share? what their life's purpose, what they think their life's purpose is?
2: I think it changes in the seasons of your life.
1: um, Changes?
2: Yeah, I think that um, when I visited my kids and saw my grandkids over Pesach, and Sam dropped me at this train station as I went back to New York and I said to him, you have no idea how it feels to see you be the beautiful, wonderful father you are. And I had the same experience, my younger son who just got engaged. i also so- Thank you, you know, he's hands-on with his niece, niece and nephew. He, so I feel like right now on right Mother's Day, uh, my purpose was to raise two
1: enlightened, caring young men. Okay, so are, are, can you guys hear, um, yes. can you hear Nina? Okay, good. And
2: I'm, I'm, I'm entering a new season. I'm not sure what, I'm really in a place of thinking through what's the next segment.
1: Okay, so um, you know, we have different purposes at different seasons of our life. I can I can relate to that. Um, actually,
3: you actually gave me um a little light in the dark because my purpose in this world literally just ended a few weeks ago, and it's like, why am I still alive? Why haven't Hashem taken me out yet? What's wrong with you? But I have what looks like um another purpose coming around the corner. That's possible, but it's just it still feels raw. So it's, I just had to lose my dog. So my purpose in this world and the thing that tethers me to this world is no, the tether is cut. So now I have no reason to live, but I have something new coming over the horizon, I'm sure in the future. And that might give me
1: purpose, hopefully. Right. And then we know our purpose is not up as if we're still here. Like you that's just the said. problem. If, if we're still here, we know that we still have purpose, so, right? Um, Sarah said that learning to get close to Hashem and help fix this world and what we learn. So that's our purpose. So, um, you know, if you're writing any notes or if you want to share, you can also, um, if you were to title the journey of your life, what would it be? What would you title this journey of your life? You know, um, the journey of nurturing souls, the journey of You know, boys to men,
0: (laughs) the journey journey of
1: bringing light into the world, the journey of bringing light into the world. So um, it says in the Mishnah, actually, against your will, you were born and against your will, you will die. Okay. (laughs) So we just saw that in the, in the, we heard that in the audio, the Shama is wary to be born, but there, you know, but it buys into this mission and it says, okay, I'm coming with you. I'm coming down. I'm coming, and then it doesn't want to leave. So, um, so against your will, you will die. Against your will, you will die. Yeah, both Mm -hmm. against your will. So, um, so what do you, what's your life's mission? So, if you were to say, what is the generic mission that Hashem put us all into this world for is to make the world a better place, and um and to make ourselves better people, right? That is our life's mission. So until we have done that, and that's why, you know, um, who's saying only the good die young, right? Because those are the people who have, I mean, it's obviously not across the board and sometimes people's life mission is maybe not something we can understand, but we're not gonna get that deep right this minute. So um, often you will see people who have accomplished their life's mission and they are, you know, you are like, how did they accomplish that much? in such a short amount of time. You know, there are those special people who you get to know. Um, someone once asked this um, question to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that your life's mission is to bring lichtkeit into the world, um, to bring lightness into the world. So this is what we're here for. So even when considering, you know, retirement, grandchildren, how do I bring light into the world in another way, you know, this is my next phase in bringing light into the world. And, you know, the faces I'm seeing here, many of us are on our second or third round um, of life's mission, right? Okay. So um, so this entire course has been about the journey of the body and soul, right? We've been going deeper into the reasons we do things, the reasons we practice things. So now we're actually going to talk about the literal fusion of body and soul so we're, we we spoke about the body and soul of bread of eating of blessings of kindness like what is the you know even of the mezuzah safety you know tradition we, we spoke about kind of the 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 superficial if you will reasons for doing things and then we dug deeper so now we're going to dig deeper into this thing that we all this reality we all live in which is our very physical like how i feel in my body and it you know, today as we become more enlightened and as we become more educated, the body keeps the score. We know all about how the body is so so important, and we really cannot ignore the body any longer. And um, we're we're starting to recognize that it's not just this vehicle. For the divine, and we, you know, I mean, Torah tells us we have to take care of our bodies, etc. But I think we're understanding that, you know, science is constantly catching up. So science is catching up to this. Um, um, but you know, there's it's it's very painful for the soul. I mean, you can hear that song; it was very, um, like oh, it, it was story stirring, yeah. stirring. Right? It's very painful. There's also a Hasidic song that um, the tune is like. I don't know all the words, but it's, um, um, yeah. neshama ye redes betay achta ye song. Song. like the, and it's a very stirring, like the nishama gets into the body and what does it cry out? Why, 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 why am I doing this? You know, there's another song. Um, there's another song that the kids, um, sing a lot and it, it, There's a uh, like a Ukrainian version, because, you know, we are from the Ukraine originally, the much of Hasidism is from the Ukraine, and then there's a Yiddish version and then the English version goes, um, hey Johnny 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 what are you doing in the market, you don't buy you don't sell all you do is make trouble. So Johnny is this soul right and it comes to the market it comes to buy it comes to sell it comes for a purpose. And then and then it kind of your, your soul is telling your body like you're making trouble in this market. You were put in this world for a reason. So this is just metaphoric. I think it came actually from an old drinking song that was turned into this Hasidic song mm-hmm. of, um, uh, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to mess up all the Ukrainian because it's not my first language. So um, wait, I don't understand what so, you're trying to say. So, what do you not understand?
3: You're saying that the soul comes in here and just screws up?
1: Well, often the body is the body sometimes takes the soul into the marketplace. That's where it's supposed to be. And then instead of buying and selling, it just makes trouble. So, instead of doing our purpose, our body leads us into places that our soul doesn't want to go to. And, you know, use your imagination. Okay. So, um, So the soul comes into this world to fulfill a purpose because why? So why? Because it actually cannot fulfill any purpose up in heaven because it doesn't have eyes to see, it doesn't have a mouth to taste, it doesn't have hands to work, it is it it needs to fulfill its purpose. Let's see, and that's why it comes down into this world. So, um the other thing that the soul comes down to this world with this um desire, it hears they say that you know you can you can compare it to hearing this song the soul has heard a song right it has heard the song of heaven it has heard its life's purpose so if sometimes you feel discomfort and there's this like humming of your body and you're not sure what that is that's your soul looking for, constantly looking for that song like they tell the parable of a of a a traveler and he goes into the market and he hears um Again, he hears this most beautiful song and he keeps singing it and singing it. And he thinks that he'll, he'll, you know, he'll just ask around and he'll get the notes of the song and he'll buy the music and he'll start playing it. But he spends his whole life looking for this music that he once heard, that he loved so much. And that is what our soul is doing down here because it it knows its mission, it comes down, it forgets its mission. And then our job as body and soul is to kind of work that out together. Um, so- um we know what life looks like and feels like from our body's perspective, right? That's readily apparent to us. Like how, you know, even though many of us squash our emotions and we dissociate and we do all these things that even what's supposed to be readily apparent to us is not always, but on a basic level, we know we want food and we know we want comfort and we know we want connection. So on a basic level, we listen to our bodies, but even that's not simple. So, um, Oh, I just make a shock? Yeah. So, uh, May. Okay. So, so we see the physical milestones and then we have to kind of consider what are the spiritual, are the spiritual milestones that we need to be going for. And then um, again, every soul has a song and where do we find? So we're looking for this song in the marketplace. Where, where, where do we find the answer? Where can we find our song? Where do we find it? We find it in the Torah because if our soul is connected to the Torah, so the Torah, you know, looking at the Torah, um, I would even go so far as to say that, you know, listening to what Hashem wants, stilling yourself, being present, you know, um, my husband spoke about this on Shabbos, that all of these aphorisms, um, comments, or or, or, um, kind of things that we say, we're uncomfortable saying that, especially in the South, like, um, God bless you or, or, or Hashem, God loves you. Like we're like, Oh, you know, it doesn't sound Jewish, but it's actually very Jewish. Like we are, you know, it's very Jewish to be, to have a present vibrant dynamic God in our lives. So when we quiet our bodies and when we're still, and when we subdue our ego, we can actually be very connected to our soul. And we can listen to what Hashem is telling us in a moment. I know that in the world of recovery, they talk about this a lot, like God speaking through you to you. Now we're not talking about like, you know, voices. And we're not talking about if, if you actually hear God, there's a problem, but <laughs> sometimes there's a something that you're pulled towards and, and don't ignore that because that could be your, your, next thing your, yeah, your place. Nishama talking to you. So no, tune I in. I know. I'm
3: not sure God. And no one sent him to a mental institution.
1: Yeah. So the body and soul are partners. Um, and you'll think about it as, a, you know, the the mashal, the parable of a blind person wants to go and see the world. So he finds um, he finds a handicapped person. He says to the handicapped person, come, you'll come on my shoulders. You don't walk, but I don't see. So together, we're going to go and and you're going to describe to me everything you're seeing. And that's the connection between body and soul. They each have something the other one needs. Okay. This is the partnership, okay? So where does this mission start? Where does this partnership begin? This partnership begins at birth. Um, before the birth, the body and soul have a transcendental relationship. Like they're, they, the, the soul is eventually gonna end up in that body. It's prescribed, it's going to happen. It's not by chance or by accident, but they're not readily connected. And then as they go through life, they become more and more connected. So when the Nishama enters the body, that's one level of connection. But as you're going to see, as we're going to go through milestones in life, you become more and more and more attached and, and um, fused the, the body and the soul. Okay. So obviously um, we're not going to cover every aspect of life worthy of the body and the soul fusing. Um, but we'll touch on the main points and we're going to give you, we're going to try to give you like a feeling for how to think about this and how to think about, I mean, I, the truth is that the last six classes were all body soul fusing, but now we're actually going to talk about it like in the, in the milestones. Okay. So, um, we can use these milestones as touch points to tap into the spiritual part of any of our life's journey. Okay. So the first thing that happens is Mazel Tov, right? um, You're pregnant. We're pregnant, that's Hashem, or someone you know is pregnant. This is a process. It is taught to us from the the ancient Kabbalists that the baby, the uterus, learns the whole Torah inside of the mother. And then it it promptly gets like hit. and, And that's why they say we have this little thing here. And you lose, and you forget the whole Torah. Now, what's the purpose of this? If um, every anybody ever watched, what the bleep do we really know? No. It's about. Um, did anyone ever see that movie? It's about um, 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 something physics. What is it called? Um, quantum, quantum physics. Quantum physics. Okay. So basically, what it tells you there is that if you have no perception of something, you can never see it. You have to have once seen. A part of something to one day see it. So there's like a question: Could the Native Americans have seen this ship of the Queen Mary if they had no concept of what a ship would be? Can you see? Can you see something that has never been imprinted? So here's the concept: Hashem made sure that the whole Torah was taught to us so that when we come into this world and we're given literally the Torah is the word of Hashem. So it shouldn't be readily available to our naked eyes, but because we once were introduced to it, now we can notice it. And again, science catching up to Torah. Everybody will say that it's important what you eat when you're pregnant. It's important your mental state when you're pregnant. It is important your anxiety and to and to take good care of yourself and to be calm. And we understand today scientifically that everything is transmuted from the mom into the membranes to the baby so much of that is happening for that fetus. So, um, the Torah is telling you that, you know, this is, this is a very important time. Um, and, um, and that is, um, and that's, what's going on in utero. Um, so what a lot of people do when they're, you know, when they're far along in their pregnancy, they, try to eat, you know, healthy and, and, and people do take care of themselves. They'll stop smoking, they'll stop drinking, they'll do all these things. So spiritually people um, I know won't go see violent movies when they're pregnant. They won't, um, they will be more strict on their kosher maybe when they're pregnant, or they won't go even to a zoo and look at like, you know, animals being wild because they just want to really create like this relaxing environment. Um, There's this Psalm, the Shura Malos that is put up in the, in the room of a mom. So she can always see that. We put that as soon as the baby's born, we put this little psalm up in the in the um in the bassinet and we follow the baby around with these words of Torah so what that thing? they're like permeated. What, what were the words? Shramasaz and L Haram. What are the the psalms? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um so um we put that in because um we are you know, it's part of, we are part of the infinite when we're creating this child, right? So we are, we are attached to infinite infinity. When you are bringing a child into the world, this is your chance to be most godlike. Okay. So, um, it's a big deal as part of your mission. Okay. And that's why it's a big deal to celebrate birthdays because again, like, when you are born, that's God saying, I choose you, I need you for something going on in this world, right? God, mm-hmm. being born is God's way of telling you that you are worthwhile. Um, if you, was anyone emailed the the, the, the papers? Because if you have the papers, and I, I guess we can ask everybody already to email them, but I'll, I'll put them on the screen, but there's all these gray boxes here. You can have a book. There's this is the only chapter. There's all these gray boxes, and they're all these like tidbits of information. So you guys can read them. We're not going to go through all of them. Okay. So um, um, let's see with this. two fifty four? Okay. So um, okay. So the anniversary of the so the birthday is the anniversary of the moment when the soul embarks on this. Expedition is known as your birthday, right? The celebration of this day is an opportune time to rededicate ourselves to our mission and to remind ourselves that our journey in this world provides us with an opportunity to achieve significant spiritual gain. So a birthday is in fact a Jewish celebration. Like, what other day is better to like reconnect ourselves to our mission than our birthday? Okay. Um, So um I
2: think I'm lost.
1: You're lost okay I didn't, I didn't i didn't i didn't um call okay, out a page
2: yet
1: section is 171. Oh. okay so um let's see now uh. i'm going to share our screen let's see if we can do this oh here Customs. okay can everyone see this yes okay, okay. yes okay so i hope I'll, rabbi ari will send this all to you yeah. and we are going to do text number three Okay. Okay. So, um, Dr. Max, do you want to read, please?
0: Before a soul enters a body, it is not referred to with any name whatsoever. The soul itself has no need for a name, nor does a lifeless body have any use for a name. The name's function is to join the soul with the body, the vitalizing energy that emanates from the soul to provide the body with life is rooted in the name.
1: Okay, and then we'll just read um, text number four. Um, okay. Um, Ray, do you want to read text number four? I'm sorry, I, I have a problem with my eyes. Okay. Thank you. Jolie, you want to read it?
2: Okay. When a father and mother select a name for their newborn child, it is not random or arbitrary. Rather, God places in their mouths a name that is essential for that particular soul.
1: Okay, so your Jewish name, I think that the world over, we can we can safely presume that everybody gives their child a name with intention, you know, whether it's... Um, the army base we conceived you in or it is our favorite color or it's our um you know it's it's a flower we we smelled when we were you know we first met like everybody has whatever the intention is i would assume i would imagine that most people give names with some kind of significance and meaning and then even more so the jewish custom um the Sephardic custom is to name after the living relatives and the Ashkenazic custom is to name after people who have passed i, uh-huh. I think that that's still pretty common in the Jewish world when they're giving a Hebrew name and this this whole concept of naming first of all what you're doing is you're giving you're, you're, you're calling out the soul when you call the, the Hebrew name so this is the connection to the soul um, when I was um, little I used to faint a lot not a lot but sometimes I would faint and you know if I fell and I cried I have a few fainters of my own my own children but um, it's Dr. Maxi knows about that, the the vagal Visa vagal, whatever it's called. So um, when I would come to, I would hear my mother saying, dinahana Bas, Leahah, get up." So my mother would always call me by my full Hebrew name. Did because, it work? Yeah. And it was like she was like drawing me out from whatever that faint was. So, um, we get called to the Torah by our Hebrew name. Every time that we're called spiritually, we're, we're named by a Hebrew name because that's like the anchor of spirituality in this world. And because Hashem, God gives us this prophecy to name our child, okay? Now, um, the next stage in birth, it, for a so a girl is given a name, the first opportunity to be called to the Torah. So that would be a Monday, Thursday, or Shabbat for a girl. And a boy is given a name at his circumcision. Now, um, again, this is bonding the soul with the body because you're born and you get your soul actually when you're born. That's when a soul enters the body for real. Like most of your soul enters your body. And that's why there are halakha questions with if you have a Jewish sperm and a Jewish, um, a Jewish egg, but it's housed in a non-Jewish body surrogate, does the baby still need to go through a conversion? Because when it comes out, did the soul get the address? You know, mm-hmm. It wasn't a Jewish body, which is fascinating. Is it you the know? breath? The breath it's, it's, initiates it's, it's, Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. in the vaginal canal is uh, when the soul enters. So oh, that's
2: creepy. I debate with myself. Medically, I don't know. When you give birth, does the baby decide or does the uterus decide? Now you would say, God decides. Maybe God has a right. hand in either, but um, I've always felt it's the universe. That
1: oh, that decides. Divides. Oh, because oh, the I definitely have
2: not the, the power, the energy is so yeah. intense. You know, yeah, it's not the
3: baby, deciding. but the, the, no, the, the, the right. right. That's it's, my it's the science. It's uh-uh. the it's the body decides. The yeah, That's just... but Dina said something about when a child is born that there's that that psychic or divine something that the Hashem gives the parents the name mm-hmm. but that's not just it my mom my real mom the one that raised me renamed me from my previous name when I was in the orphanage she gave me a new name and it app it happens to match me of course. To but I mean that had to have been godly divine. Of course. Too. Of course it so was because they gave just, you
1: a Jewish name. That was Jewish right. So style. that
3: wasn't like her just coming up. She thinks that it came from she wanted to find a name that was as close to what I already had. But I think it was the same situation as text four.
1: I think it's identical. I think it can be both. It can be both. It was it was she thought that she needed to find a name that was identical to your previous name, because your mother, your birth mother had a certain part in that. And then your, your real, your real mother, the one who raised you had another part in it and all came together beautifully because here you are, it worked exactly. So, um, so So I have a question.
0: You said that the soul joins the body and the birth canal.
1: Yeah. But, and then you're going to ask about C-sections, right? Correct. That's exactly where I'm going. Of course. I knew it was coming. So I think that it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know the, the a, a, a top anatomy of it, but it is in that process, either of pushing or of coming out, or that's where the soul hovers, the soul hovers in labor and birth. And that's where, and, and again, we don't even get our full soul then. So just wait. We don't have our full soul yet at this a- stage and age. Okay, so so what's going on here? And then so it's very interesting because then a boy gets a brisk. Now, according to Kabbalah, everything that happens in this world is matched in the upper world. So if a woman is considered the um, the receiver and a male is considered the giver, that is all because that is what's going on in the heavenly realm. So. Male and female is also connected, heavenly, you know, it, it's an energy, it's a it's a being. And, and, and then it comes out in this this shape anatomy or that shape anatomy. But that's not, you know, in America today, we're so binary about these things. But I don't think Yiddishkeit is at Judaism is actually not so binary about these things. So the male, the 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 circumcision is represent is representative of a um of a covenant. Okay. A covenant is something that two people bond together. Right. And it's, it supersedes logic. So it's not that if you do this and I do this, we'll do this. That's called a business deal. A covenant is I mean, we, I don't think anyone makes covenants anymore because of this, Isn't because America's a covenant, covenant in a sense, but you can break that covenant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is, it is a, co- it is covenantial, but it's, so what's going on here is there's this super rational covenant that we make with Hashem and the um and the female is born covenanted, okay, really? and the male needs that to happen on this world. Why? Because that's representing something up on high where the female's energy again, female energy comes from malchut. That is like the, the crown of all of, of creation. So it it's it's a little bit lofty for this, the purposes of the class, but this is why. Both male and female get named in a spiritual center ceremony, whether it be by the Torah, whether it be at a bris. Um, so the um, just for a second, you know, the, the circumcision is, you know, this constant reminder that I have this covenant with Hashem. And sometimes it gets covered up. Right. And that's how a boy is actually born with the the covenant covered up where it's like, I need to be reminded that sometimes I'm not going to feel this connection to Hashem. Sometimes I'm not going to feel my Yiddishkeit And and a male is and, and so the reason the, the female energy is naturally more spiritual again, because she comes from Malchut up, 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 high above. So she has, she's the receptacle for all of the Esser spheres, all the 10 um, spiritual energies. The, the so two? she, yeah, so she is that. So it would be more obvious that she's more inherently spiritual. I once heard um, something from a pastor or a priest, and he said that <laughs> Judaism is so brilliant because They demand the men come for the minion. He's like, my pews are filled with women. They show up. But your religion decided to make it an extra obligation. So you guys get men in your pews, but I don't get it, you know? So so this is kind of a little bit like that. Like now, is it all women are more spiritual? No. Is it all men are less spiritual? No. But as a general consensus, the male-female inclination, okay? So Hashem tells us, to circumcise ourselves and, you know, um, okay. So, um, sometimes we feel on fire to Hashem. Sometimes we feel cold and indifferent. Hashem tells us that we have to circumcise our hearts and, um, we all have to work on this. Okay. This is not, this is something that all of us, but the physical bris is a reminder because it removes that layer of materialism and coverage and for the, the male, it is a physical reminder. Okay, so, um, okay, any questions or comments? Yeah, what, or... what does
2: it mean to circumcise your heart? Yeah. And is that for women as well?
1: Yeah, so circumcising your heart is removing that layer of indifference and of coldness and of being passionate and warm and fuzzy and loving of your connection to Hashem. Okay, any, any comments or questions? Okay, so we'll move right through... Our next phase, which is um, Judaism sees a child like a tree and the first three years of a tree's life. You know, um, if anybody has ever watched different trees grow, if you if there's like a kink in that tree, it will just continue growing in the wrong direction. It will be broken. It will be bent. It depends on the sunlight. Sometimes trees will grow this direction to the sun. Sometimes they'll double over to get their sun. Trees, you know, again, science, we know that trees talk to each other. We know that trees communicate via their root system. There are some trees who will push other trees out of the forest, but usually they work together. They will let the other trees know that there is a a virus going on. So um, so there's this great um, intention in Chinach in early childhood and in giving children this dose of Judaism and not waiting until they are older. So it is, you know, the Modani with children. It is um, washing hands with children for the Nitzayat Yadayim. It's kissing a mezuzah, it's bringing them to Shabbat, all these things. And then there's a a specific milestone at three years old. So at three years old, people who are um, girls we will start the mitzvah of lighting Shabbat candles with them because we're showing them this beautiful example, like your light matters. My mommy's light matters. Your light matters. We're adding extra light into the world. And with a boy, we cut his hair at three. And so it's kind of like, why? Because a boy is obligated in payout, right? So now is the first opportunity that we're going to give him those payout because, um, because he's eventually going to need that. So his hair might stay long and it might be, you know, so three seems like a good time also because we don't eat the fruit of the tree for the first three years. So we're kind of, that's the symbolism with cutting the hair and bringing them, you know, one step closer towards, you know, being a little Jewish boy with a kippah and tzitzit and um, those things. But it's, it's three is also the beginning of teaching girls about you know, modesty and how they're going to be as Jewish women, okay? Um, now, what's very interesting is that uh, pre Bar Bat Mitzvah, um, children are not obligated in any mitzvot, it's the parental responsibility, but we train them. Like we can't expect that, you know, we got to build this muscle memory for um, Yiddishkeit in just in their bodies, right? Um, But at bar and bat mitzvah is the age when you're actually responsible, the beginning of the real fusion between body and soul, because at at 12 for a girl and 13 for a boy is when your godly soul enters your body fully. Okay. So again, going back to the science, science will recognize that the prefrontal cortex is not developed until like 1920, 21 in women and 21 to 25 in males. If you ever try to get insurance, you know that girls have lower insurance rates up until past 21 and boys insurance rates is lower after 25 or 24. So this is a real understanding and, and what is your nefesh, your godly soul? So we, if you've learned any Tanya, you know that we have two souls. We have the godly soul and the animal soul. So the animal soul is that drive to be in the market, Johnny, Johnny. And he, so we're talking about souls and bodies here, but even within our souls, we have a soul that's always pushing, that is the soul that Hashem gave your newborn baby. And that's the soul that says, me, 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 I, I, I want to eat, I want to sleep, I want to be taken care of, I want connection. That is all of the bodily needs, very, very base, base in the best ways, like very um, primal. And that's why it's called the animal soul. And then we get this godly soul. And the godly soul has a higher aspiration that's the soul that says you know we have a mission let's listen for that music that's the soul that wants to lead you towards torah and mitzvot so um at your bar and bat mitzvah is when that soul enters and that's when you're responsible and that's when your inclination and your drive is finally there to be a more godly person which is pretty fascinating um we so have a for the summer when we're born we don't have our nefesh el kiss when we're born our godly soul has not fully formed inside of us until our environment now in perpetuity is that the word forever yeah you are going to have these two souls vying yeah, for the right. driving seat in your in your body it's this is these are the two souls who live in your brain who are going to say i want control no i want control and that's going to be the constant game <laughs> or dance of life so can you okay? like,
3: kill the animal soul so you can be godly
1: You cannot, you need 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 it. You need them both because if you, there are people, there are religions who like do away with all materialism. So they're completely spiritual, but that's not what Hashem wanted. Hashem wanted us to elevate this physical world. So our, our, you're right. Our godly soul would, would ignore everything. If, if the godly soul is in charge and it doesn't listen to the animal soul, it ignore, it dies basically. And then the godly soul can't do its work. So it's like this, like I said, it's a dance, right? Okay. So, um, so by the way, a bar and bat mitzvah, you know, today we celebrate it with parties and we have a lot of fun, but you can sleep through your bar and bat mitzvah and it happens. (laughs) Like it's not, you can completely sleep through it all. I think the evolution of bar and bat mitzvah has to do with society. Once upon a time when a boy became bar mitzvah, he could finally get called to the Torah and get a blessing. So they pulled out some herring and extra schnapps and they said, mazel tov. To me,
2: that's a perfect bar Right.
1: And then it, 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 evolved. And then, you know, with feminism and, you know, rightfully so, if boys are getting these big parties, yeah. then surely girls should get them too. I mean, so come it, on, they
3: had him at three, they had she, him at-
1: uh, Right, exactly. I think though, so that we're really doing a disservice, you know, it's become like this- um, Then what
3: is a girl supposed to do we, for her mitzvah? What? This, what is the, the what is the change right? that yeah, happens gets, in a
1: woman? What oh, What's the change?
3: There's a change. You see the change that happens with a- with a boy he can be called to the Torah but what about a woman she doesn't need to be called to the Torah she's got other powers
1: but what are they you just said she has other powers what are they she can now make a bracha on her challah and it could be an accept- she can now make the bracha on challah before her mother had to make it for her and she's about mitzvah she can make that bracha I didn't she know couldn't to do, do, do that mitzvah
3: before I didn't even know that
1: I could do that yeah yeah so um you know it, it's we really shortchange girls in American society today by having them be bat mitzvah the same age as boys. It's like what? so anti feminism. No, because the really they, earlier. yeah, they are ready earlier. We should, we should give that to them. And then, you know, if anybody here ever taught teenagers or middle school, you know, I don't, the Torah does, you don't even need the Torah to tell you this. Boys and girls develop at a different pace, and the girls are, they are more mature quickly. So, um, so go ahead, who wants to read? Susan, are you there? Do you want to read text five? Or Sarah, do you want to read text five? I got right. you did. Go ahead. Okay, Susan, go ahead. Okay. Susan.
0: What is Rabbi Yehuda, the prince's rationale for insisting that females reach the age of menstrual maturity, mental, excuse me, maturity <laughs> a year before males? It is due to a truth alluded to in the verse regarding the creation of Eve. God built the side that he had taken from the man into a woman. The verb Vayaven built from Bana teaches us that God gifted women with a greater measure of understanding, Hina, than he did men.
1: Okay, I just want to um since this is a crew that's probably up and up on all the latest politics, and I think that there's a lot of people taking this verse and, and taking it out of context and and calling women inferior to men, etc. The way I've always learned this is first of all that women have a bina yisera, we have an extra amount of you know mental capability, intuition, but also you know um, men were b- born from dirt. I mean, they were created out of dirt. So essentially, like when they're 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 their earliest memories of creation or they or they're going back to their deepest deepest insecurities it's about like what am I? I am Afar Afar. I'm built I'm made from nothing. And a woman when she's going back to her deepest insecurities, she is from something essentially. So I always love that view of it. It's not, it's not that, um, you know, and actually when Hashem created, when it says Adam, he created man, they were a, um, It wasn't like it was a man. It was a man and woman together. And then Hashem, you know, separated them, et cetera. So I don't think that any of that using that against women really flies in Judaism. (laughs) So, you know, whatever. Okay. So, um, so teenagers, girls, um, Girls, they mature quicker. Um, And as parents, I just want to say that we don't have to fear verbalizing our core values and our beliefs to our children, no matter what age they are. We um, we can state our values, we can live our values. Even more importantly, at any age and stage. And um, if we want to see our children on a successful Jewish journey, that is really the only way to impart that. Not by nagging, not by nudging but by living our values happily with our children. Okay. Any questions or comments? I'm
2: really struck by what you say about three being that pivotal age, having just spent time with a three-year-old yeah. who is his mind's just working yeah. in overtime yeah. told in a cold way,
1: with the yeah.
2: perception of sense of right. humor and um,
1: right. Right. And then we introduce, yeah. you know, just
2: powerful.
1: Right. And we can, intru- we can slowly be introducing all, and it, if, if nothing, it's a muscle memory in the beginning, just, you know, oh gosh, even giving to gets, a daycare, it's Yeah.
2: Beautiful. Wow. It's like a little machine. That's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool.
1: Even, you know, um, my kids used to call coins. They didn't call them nickels, dimes, pennies. They called them tadaka Yeah, yeah. Wow. they called better. it tadaka Like that was what it, it was right. to them. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a beautiful imbu- imbuing them. Like this is what coins are used for. It's to give somebody else. So we're we're putting that into children from just as as, as early as we can. Um, we're we're giving that over to children. Okay. Um, any comments, questions from the from the peanut gallery? No, just kidding. From the. Um, <laughs> from the online gallery. Okay. So now the next stage. Okay. So, um, the next, again, life is filled with body and soul fusing. So whatever we're doing, we are, we're either strengthening our body or we're strengthening our soul, right? We are giving more power to our body. We're giving more power to our soul. And, um, we are, when we're giving more power to our soul, we're we're doing what we're intended for. We're fusing them. We're we're creating this really tight bond. Okay, and then we're probably we are um, fulfilling the mission for which we were put into this world. Okay, now um, another reunion of souls happens at a marriage. Okay, so it is marriage is the soul's ultimate completion. Now, um, it's true not everybody stays married to the same person, but there are phases. I th- must be, it must be. And I, I think this is actually discussed. There are different souls that you're meant to be bound with for certain times of your life, for certain missions in your life. Again, things in Yiddishkeit are not black and white. They're not binary. They're not all or nothing. They're not always, if we have a rule in Judaism, well, the only reason we have a rule is because we have also an exception to the rule, right? Isn't the exception <laughs> what makes the rule, the rule? So there's, there's a lot that happens why are you looking at me like that? Nothing. Okay. So um, I have questions for later. Okay. We'll talk. Okay. So, um, so the Hashem declared, it is not good that a man is alone. I shall make him a helpmate opposite him. And again, this is also often taking it out of context. A helpmate opposite him is that we can we can be a mirror to our spouse. We can be a mirror for each other because if you're living within an echo chamber all the time, then you are not going to know the real, the, what, what's really happening in life. So Hashem, the first thing, by the way, Hashem never, Hashem kept saying, tov, 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 good, 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 keep tov twice. The first time Hashem said something wasn't good was for man to be alone. So it is much better for people to be bonded, Okay. So, um, there is, it is a marriage is the reunion of two souls that were separated at birth. And, um, it's really a gift when you can find who this is, but it's not the only way to live. Um, when this happens for a couple at their wedding, it's a private Yom Kippur for the couple. They fast at the mincha before the wedding. They say a lot of the prayers for, um, for Yom Kippur. And the chuppah again is very symbolic. It's open on all four sides, like Abraham's tent. Um, it's open to the sky to remind us that we, you know, Hashem promised would be numerous as the stars in the as the stars in heaven. Um, also, it is open to the sky to remind us that we're not just going to be um, influenced by the permanence of what we see around us, but by the heavenly spheres, like things that we also don't understand. In a way, marriage is like a baby naming. Parents give their children a name, right? And they think they're the ones who are so clever and original. This is the name I thought because, because it's a similar name to what her, her mother, her birth mother gave her, and I'm her adopted mother, and I want to give her this name that sounds similar, but really it comes from Hashem. Hashem's the one who orchestrates this name. And the same thing is true with finding your mate. We think we met in a bar or a best friend, you know, set us up, but at the end of the day, it is all divinely inspired coming together you know, all of it. Is that okay? You said
3: that that they weren't always meant to be there forever.
1: I didn't say that. I said that sometimes people are not meant to be together forever. It could be a stage in your life. Um, Okay. So there are two stages of marriage. There's the kiddushim and misuyim. And this is the betrothal, the, the, um, the whole, the kiddushim is from the word holiness because a couple is elevated to a new level. Um, It is two halves of a whole, I, I mean, I don't know if it's two halves of a, of a soul uniting, because I really feel like people are very much their own identity in the marriage, but for whatever reason, these, these souls come together as partner souls. Okay. They're meant to be partner souls. And, and in a sense, even when you're not with a spouse, you're still partner souls. You have children together. No, it's there's a different role. right. It's a, so, so there's, I, I don't think anyone who's, who's, who's made a bond with somebody who's had children can ever say that we were, you know, we're, we're ripped apart. There's still that connection. I think people feel that Um, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, maybe that comes together like this. Um, So, you know, we, we even do certain mitzvahs for each other and we could be, you know, I could, you can be, um, you know, my husband today went to, um, visit somebody who's very sick in the hospital. I was home with the kids for not for one minute. Does he get that mitzvah on his own? No, we share this mitzvah together because he couldn't go without me. And I, and I didn't go and I took care of the kids. So we, we get to share, we're in a partnership with, in this mission together. Okay. So, um, Let's see what else we want to talk about here. Um, Okay, the giving of the Torah at Sinai constituted the wedding to end all weddings and the source for many Jewish weddings. So we look at Sinai to get many of our different customs that we have at a wedding. Um, At the climax of the wedding ceremony, the groom, what does he do? He steps on a glass cup to the sound of Mazel Tov. there's no truth to the misconception that the reason behind this custom is to get the bride and used to the sound huh, of the husband breaking things around the house okay yeah the most um the most common explanation for this custom is that the shattering of the glass reminds us that even at the height of our personal happiness and joy we must never, the less, remember the destruction of yushalayim as per the verse may my tongue cling to my palate as i if i do not remember if i if I do not bring the ma- mind Jerusalem at the time of my greatest joy, I think um, it was uh, Matisseahu ma- who made this him, popular. Please. Jerusalem, if I forget you, fire not gonna come from tongue mm-hmm. You know, it was Matisseahu saying that, yeah. My the the my Maharshal, however, offers another reason for the custom, namely that it recalls Moshe's shattering of the tablets that occurred shortly after the wedding of yes. Sinai, okay? So that would be another reason. Mm-hmm um okay so um and what's with the broken plate situation that's that's uh, the same thing that but that's at um the engagement because we do we do engagement wedding we do it a little bit differently today because um that's the tana'im. that's like the betrothal we don't we do everything at the wedding today mm-hmm. because once upon a time when you were betrothed you were you
2: yes right the was you,
1: you the wedding was fast but also if you broke it off you'd actually need a divorce uh-huh. to a certain extent so we don't do that we do everything at the wedding itself mm-hmm. we do the tanayim so hard. yeah everything together okay mm. um any questions comments <sighs> um okay um OK, so um, just, you know, the whole the whole um, back to the whole men, men and women, it, you know, appreciating the role of men and women. I think that even our country has moved away from um, same to diversity, like like diversity is all the, the the conversation. Now, we don't all we're not all the same. We don't all have the same obligations or or customs or, or features or anything. We're not the same, but we're 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 really equally important and good as a diverse unit. So men and women are diverse. We're different than each other, but we come together and we um, we we create wholeness together. Okay. So um, we're moving right along to um, death and bereavement. But let me say again, the middle stages are chapters one through six. Like we went through the middle of our life. Like we're just zooming kind of here you know, to end. talk about this body and soul connection. So we we have our, the beginning of our soul is in utero. And then we have, oh no, the beginning is up in heaven. When God tells us to come down, sends us into a specific home, a specific body. It's all very um, intentions. It's not it's not matter. It's not um, happenstance in Judaism. We believe that everything is ordained. Um, we're taught the Torah. We forget the Torah. We get our soul. We, we our, our soul grows. We become barmanza, so we get married. We do the things of life, okay? Um, death and bereavement. Um, There's the story of Hanania ben Tradion. He was one of the martyrs. We read the story, uh, right? I never heard of it. And he said when he was, because he studied Torah and he wasn't allowed to, the Romans wrapped him in the Torah scroll and they put him to fire. And his his students said to him, they, they made his students watch and they said to him, what do you see? And he said, I see the scroll, I see the scroll burning, but the letters are going upward. So that's the same thing when we think of ourselves, Our bodies are the parchment and this is what is, but our, our soul, everything about us goes up. Our physical, our body dies, doesn't burn. Let's be very clear, but the soul lives on in heaven, returning to where it belong. Um, All of us have lost a loved one. And we know um, if you are in tune and I, I encourage you to be in tune, people, Judaism tells us when the souls come to visit us, they come at a wedding, they come to a chuppah, they come to a simcha, the soul hovers for three days after um, somebody dies. Um, You know, um, they come to us in dreams. We have, um, there's a story in my family. So this is a really great Jewish story. Um, My Mm -hmm. aunt was married to a man and his mother was tragically killed by her husband but he he ran over her um right um yeah Um, it was a mistake okay it was yeah so um and then my aunt was pregnant and um this mother-in-law was coming to her in dreams and telling her things about the future like what kind of baby she's gonna have in this and it was driving my aunt crazy and she didn't want to know these things so um like there was clearly the soul was in turmoil It, it had infinite like it was like trying to still you know be validated or still talk or still be heard so my aunt told my grandmother that she's going crazy so either my grandmother put a picture of her father under my aunt's pillow or put it under her own pillow I think she put it under her own pillow and that night her father came to her and she said ta like you have to take care of this for my daughter for for racha like and and Either she dreamt of him chasing the mother-in-law away, or my aunt. Ch- but basically, in the dream, he chased her away. So, um, so we can we can we can speak to people. Um, you know, you gotta um, you gotta believe it, right? No, we. So it's
3: to do So
1: when we die, the journey that the only journey that's over is the the journey as we know it. That's what's over. Okay. Um, it's not the end, um, so I wanna just, let's just go over some of the steps of this journey. To, um, text 10 A, B, C. Sarah, do you wanna read text A, B, C? Okay.
0: Text 10 A? Yeah. Okay. Those who are present at the moment that a soul departs are required to run their clothing for such an event as akin to the burning of the Torah scroll, of a Torah scroll.
1: Okay, um, Okay. so we discussed the commonality they share. 10B.
0: Me also? Yeah,
1: Sarah, go. That's Nachman- Nachmanides.
0: Nachmanides of blessed memory explains that when a, bard- when a body
3: harbors a soul, it becomes like the parchment of a Torah scroll upon which God's sacred names are inscribed.
1: Okay, and then the last one is? Accompanying the deceased. Let's
3: see. All who handle a corpse must be aware that they're handling a holy entity. The human body is not merely a container for something sacred, the spiritually exalted soul that it services. Uh, Rather the body itself becomes sanctified with independent holiness, similar to a Torah
1: scroll. Okay. So um, the body is holy. It's treated holy. Um, Think about it. It's not just been Mm -hmm. a container. It's an actual partner in this body soul. It, it, without the body, the soul could not have done any of the mitzvot that it did. Um, it's, it's a vehicle for good. Um, it is, um, when the soul leaves, um, it's like, if you, you could have a a beautiful, you know, a brand new, you know, you could have a a refrigerator, right. And you can unplug it. They're disconnected. The electricity is not, the electricity goes back wherever it came from. It's not there's not no more electricity the the fridge stays behind but if it's a beautiful refrigerator you're not just gonna you know crash it up it's it's still something good they had many years together and we we honor that part of them um so we um so this is why we have a a group and it's actually called who takes care of them it's called the hevra kadisha they're called the holy um they're called the 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 holy what are they called what's it called in english um they're protective yeah. the society. Crew of holiness. They are the crew of holiness. Okay. So um, the Chavar Kadisha takes charge of the deceased and prepares him or her for burial. They take great pains to accord the body with dignity. Um, it's, it's treated delicately, even though it's never treated like just a lifeless object. It's never left alone. It's washed at all times. Anybody who sews clothing for the dead is considered like a very high honor. My grandmother used to sew the tachrichim. Never is the body placed face down because it's considered disrespectful. It's it's kept company by a Shomer. Tehillim has said, every part of the body, including the skin, bone fragments, tissue, fluid, must be respectfully buried. And that's why in Israel, they have this organization called Zaka and they will, Home the place. They will look for every earlobe, every pinky, every nail, and they will put it in bags and they after a terrorist attack, and they will bury every part. Um, so I think in the last class, I wasn't here, but we spoke about, um, mourning, right? So we're not going to talk about that. No, but, um,
3: how accompanying the body was the highest level.
1: Right. Okay. Great. So, um, so, Man was created in God's image just as there's no difference in the utmost respect we must afford to a complete Torah scroll and a single letter that has been attached from a Torah scroll. So it is forbidden to show disrespect to even a single bone from sacred bodies created in God's image. So that tells us the body is very important. Um, and we, okay, so now um, this, you would think this is the end, but it's not, okay, <sighs> because um, So just a few things. First of all, you the soul, remember, the soul needed to come down for a purpose, right? It needed to grow. It needed to fulfill its mission. Well, when it goes back up, it might have accumulated all of this mission-ness but guess what? It still wants to grow. And I think when RBG died and everybody was saying, may her memory be a blessing, it kind of became clear what Judaism meant by that is that when we do things down here in the memory of somebody who died, then the memory is for a blessing. And then they're given those brachot, they're given those chutim, they're given those merits, and then the soul can actually acquire more of their mission, even when they're gone. Now, um, okay, that's why we say We say, um, Kaddish and we do mitzvot and we, people will put names on buildings. They'll give charity in honor of people do this for the soul of the deceased. Okay. Um, does hell exist? So I want to talk about hell for one minute, according to Judaism, There is a process, a cleansing process. So can you imagine if you are on your way to a wedding, you're wearing a gorgeous white dress and you spill grape juice down it or you spill wine, you would be very happy if there was like an on-site cleanser, right? So basically when your soul comes up to heaven, there's an on-site cleansing. Your soul is going to be very uncomfortable if it's sitting with all the righteous people and it has these like blemishes. So it gets cleansed. Personally, I think that if anybody does inner work and if anyone goes to therapy, you know what hell is that (laughs) you, you basically know what it means to face yourself. If you, but you know what, there are people who live a life like, but if you are doing any inner work, that that's really what hell is. It's, it's facing yourself. And I don't think it's anything different. I don't think we have to be fearful of anything else it is just going up there watching a video of your life taking stock taking ownership apologizing recognizing where you were wrong where you were right etc um okay and the last thing is called you only live twice what does that mean okay (laughs) one sailor says to the other i can't wait until mashiach comes with the resurrection of the dead there will be so much more business Yes, the second tailor says, but there will also be so many more tailors. Eh, true, the first one replies, but we know the latest styles. <laughs> okay, so um, yes, it's true that Judaism has this concept. Is um, the Maimonides says it is foundational that you cannot one cannot maintain a connection to the Jewish religion without this belief that we are resurrected. It's it's um. It is, it's not easy to understand. So I'm just going to give you like a few. I'm going to give you a few pointers that um, I learned about this. Okay. Um, so the, the sin of the, um, we were supposed to live forever, body and soul. We weren't supposed to come down from heaven, Adam and Eve sinned and everything kind of got disrupted. Okay. So we're all out of sync body and soul. were supposed to be perfectly aligned. When we, when Mashiach comes, that alignment happens. We are, we are aligned. So we are going to come back into our bodies. So being buried is like a seed being planted. There's something happening in the burial process that is allowing for the body to get ready to once again be connected to the soul in the most aligned perfect way that Hashem had intended it. Now, has anyone ever heard of the loose bone?
3: Yes. So, it's the back of the neck. We, we eat um, a meal after Shabbos called Malava Malka. Malava Malka. and what that does is immortalizes the loose bone to make it stronger. And if there was evidence back in the day when we were murdered just for being Jewish, where they, they would find pieces of that specific bone in the ashes.
1: Good. I heard that somewhere. So the loose bone is a bone in our back or neck that so is much. where Hashem, we were well, we were. So first of all, there are many, many, many stories. I'm sure you've heard these tales of tzaddikim who were found hundreds of years after they were buried and they were whole, like they never decomposed. That That's is not. fact that so certain people will not decompose because their bodies are so connected to their souls. They're not going to decompose. Most of us will probably decompose the one part of us that supposedly, and then there's proof from going through different archives and, and Jews and, and being killed and, and, and burned. Unfortunately, we have a lot of proof is that the loose bone never decomposes because that's the bone that Hashem will revive us from. That's what, you know, and how do you feed the loose bone is again, is having, um, is having Malava Malka on Saturday night, eating something on Saturday night after Shabbat, you know, who comes Elijah, the prophet comes to your table on Saturday night after Shabbat. And he was mm-hmm. never died and never buried. So it's all interconnected, mm-hmm. that concept. I um, so, so I just, I, I kind of want to end off with one thing um, with, um, we talked about listening to the music. We come down to this world and we're finding our music. Um, I'm going to send you all a video of this, but, um, My daughter, Mira, who's 18, just put it together for school, and it's quite beautiful. But I'm going to tell you the the concept of it. Basically, um, Joshua Bell, who is a world-renowned violinist, he plays a Stradivarius, which is worth $3 million dollars. They did a social experiment with him. Basically, he played in um, Washington, D.C., and people paid hundreds of dollars for his tickets. The next morning at 7.30 a.m., he took the same Stradivarius, the same player, Joshua Bell, and he set himself up in the subway station in D.C., and he put a little plate out, he put some money on, and they set up a camera, and they watched who came by. Um, 27 people, I think, stopped. Most of them were children. He made 35 bucks, okay? This is, he was paid The exact same thing. The music was playing. It was the exact same music. No one heard it. They didn't hear it because they were busy. They didn't hear it because they didn't expect it. They weren't looking for it. There are all the reasons we don't hear the music. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe always said that, you know, the time has come. Mashiach needs to be here. Open up your eyes. So basically the point is, is that we are way more all these years later so enlightened we are with science, so enlightened we are with mental health, psychology, philosophy. We are, we are all these years later, there's no reason for Mashiach not to be here. That's what the rebel is saying. We are so advanced. We're not there yet, obviously, but the music of Mashiach, of Geula, of redemption, of oneness, of wholeness, of the lack of fragmentation is playing louder than we might think. It is, so to speak, a Joshua Bell playing his Stradivarius and we're not listening. So if we take the time and we know that there is just simple Joshua Bell in his jeans and he's right here and he's not in any fancy place, we might be able to hear the music.
3: Because Michelle's already here. We just don't
1: see him. Maybe, maybe.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find us online at InTownJewishAcademy.org and on YouTube at In-Town Jewish Academy. New episodes of the podcast come out a few times a week. If you don't want to miss a single episode, then hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. It means a lot to me and it helps other people find the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.